were, we were right about Morehead, guys. We were right about Evan Morehead, despite a loss from DC. We feel aggressive. I would say maybe me and Jimmy were right about Morehead. Yeah, I, I love I love our pick. I like Evan out there. Mr. Moorhead, he was balling. No, I feel passionately about Emmett now. Um, and I think, really, he's the future. Does anyone else not think he's the future? He is. He so is the future. He's, he's a starter next year, I think. Uh, I'm honestly mad that we didn't get to see him a little earlier in the season. After after a couple struggles from Phil, I would have at least liked to see him come in a little bit later in the games. But he balled. Can Moorhead, though, save Halfley's job at the end of the season? No, of course not. We will debate that and more coming up t- Giovanni, Paul, Jackson, Timmy, Jimmy, Nick, and Noah with us tonight. Getting right into that flyby. As we said, BC loses to Duke on a Friday night, but not by as much as we would have thought. They lose by seven. And as we discussed, Moorhead throws for 330 yards and four pretty awesome touchdowns. All of them were pretty good catches. Two of them go to Zay Flowers. They will face the 17th-ranked team in the country, NC State, down in North Carolina this weekend. And going into that, is I mean, you look at the losses they've taken. Is there any chance of that one? See, I, I think we have hope for this weekend, to be brutally honest with you. Hot take. Red I hot. think... That with Moorhead under center, the team does have a much, well, obviously it does have a much better chance to win this game, but I think they have a much better shot than what people are going to give to them. I've been very negative on this, about this team since I've, this podcast began. We, we all know that. And I'm actually, I actually think they have a very, not very good shot, but pretty good shot to win this football game this weekend. It's an NC State team that has been riddled with injuries, I'll say. You know, I don't know how much of a chance to have the win, but I like their running back. Not Pat Carlo, but freshman Alex Broom. Alex Broom played Broom, a lot. Yeah, Broom. He played a lot better than Pat Carlo in the last game, and I hope he gets majority of the carries instead of split this week. Damn, that boy can run. He had a long touchdown. Um, again, I think Louisville against that was. Shout out also to Fitz One representative Nick. He's he's in our. He's one of us. I think I think to win this one, I think Emmett's gonna have to put on another show, and maybe an even maybe an even bigger one. No, I think it's it's obvious that, you know, going forward, we all understand what this team is. Um, they're not going to be they, – they're not bowl eligible anymore. So really all you can pray for is that Emmett has really big games going forward. All the younger players get playing time, and hopefully next season is a lot better. Uh, yeah, I just want to read out some stats. NC State beat FSU. They beat Virginia Tech, and they beat Wake Forest. They also beat UConn by 31 points. We are not winning this week. It's not going to be close. That's part of what I'm saying. Like, they've, they've played good teams. Like, I mean, obviously the losses to Clemson and, then, and Syracuse. I mean, well, Syracuse less so because they first game without their quarterback, Devin Leary, who's been so huge to their success this season. But looking beyond that, at the Clemson loss even, at and then the teams they've beaten, guys, right? Like, even without... with. Uh, such a big loss like that of your quarterback, it's really impressive what they've done. You know, I think, uh, as we were talking earlier, Moorhead's going to be the difference maker this week. You think so? You think so, Paul? You're, you're jumping on that train? I'm on the Moorhead train. He was able to unlock our offense in ways that, I mean, we, we have a mediocre offense. We, we, we can all agree on that. We got, we, got, we got Zay, and that's all that matters. Exactly. But Moorhead was getting a little adventurous out there. He has a good arm. 
it's all going to come down to that. Maybe we haven't seen it all from him, and maybe that's going to be the, the key this week. Jackson, end it off. Uh, going into the season, I had NC State as a Final Four like finisher. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. You lose a quarterback, it's very unlikely it's going to happen. But I will say, I do believe this. They only beat Virginia Tech by one. NC State only beat Virginia Tech yeah. by one. I think this team has a new, BC-wise, has a new identity with Moorhead under center that who knows really what can happen. Because think about it, our defense struggled for the first time, I believe, like really, I mean, not all season, but it was uncharacteristic struggle against Duke. Meanwhile, the offense actually did put up 30-plus points. So if the defense plays better, who knows? Maybe we can be NC State. We'll look it further into that later in the episode, but let's move on to hockey. Paul. Well, I was in attendance at Conti this weekend, and despite the loss, I actually thought we we played pretty well. It was what was the final score? I I actually that's five two, lost to Merrimack. It was five two. Well, um, I was sitting front row against the glass, and uh, we had our fun chirping their goalie. Uh, what was his Jimmy, name? Jimmy was, was very into it. Jimmy was very into it. Jimmy was uh was running his mouth at him. Yeah, um, I think it honestly made it worse because he played incredibly. Ryan Ryan. Yeah, Ryan, right? Zachary Borgel. Zach. That's the goalie. Zach was him. He was playing really well. He he made one ridiculous save off a rebound that I was in disbelief. He was 100% the difference maker this week in the game. Pulling up the stats now, but um, the, the guy was unstoppable right there, and uh, yeah. that that's what, what uh, gave Merrimack the win. And they lose, and lose twice to Merrimack in a span of two days. They go to Andover Mass where they play and lose there, and then they host them and lose again. But I think that the problem with this team, Paul and Jackson, if you get my hockey guys in here, is that they're not converting on their opportunities. And when you do that, it's going to be hard to score goals. It's going to be hard to win. I agree completely. I mean, it's just they're not – obviously, I was I was not at the game this weekend, but they're not scoring, which is their clearly their falter. I will say, I don't know, if did Benson have a good game, or was it just he, fought, he didn't play too well? With I mean, obviously, five goals is not good showing. I mean, no. they were just dumping shots on us. At that point, it was, it was just, it was just yeah. yeah, so obviously momentum is probably one of the biggest things in hockey. If you don't have it, you're never going to win. And... Uh, a couple of their goals came off of rebounds, actually. So he made some pretty good saves and just well, got unlucky that, with that the uh, cheeky rebounds. One that one well, that's, guys had. Yeah. So that's also partially on Benson, though, you got to realize, because part of it being goalie is getting the pucks into the corners, especially after a shot. If you're getting a shot and the rebound's going right in front that's on the goalie, you have to make sure that it's going to the corner. Well, they pulled Benson. I think a save is a save. They were firing shots at him, and the fact that he was stopping them was impressive on him. And I'm not saying it's entirely on him. I'm saying he could have done other things, too. It's it's on the d- defense, too. I mean, who knows hockey more, me or you? Okay, all right. What do Let's, you think? Who's at the game? That's part of the game. Who, a goalie like, yeah, but who knows it more? Based off of what Paul's telling me and you're telling me. Who was at the game? Okay. You had a nice little weekend in Cape Cod, right? Yeah, we did. You, you did. You nice did. little... That's all. I don't know, a little vacation, I guess. Uh, yeah, so after that, let's move on to this basketball game. It was an app. Oh, we got some technical. We got some so technical. So anyway, thanks for Oh, that. moving on. Um, Nick, thank you. You know, while we, I'd love to sit here and talk about Cape Cod, uh, we actually had a winning team this week. Uh, Shabang! We fin- uh, first of all, I finally get to talk knowledgeably about a sport on this podcast, which I'm really pumped about, but... Uh, Listen, men's basketball and women's basketball also won. Exactly. Like we had the sweep yesterday. Women's and men's they basketball both win. blew out their opponent. But the closer game, probably the more heart-pounding game, was the men's basketball game against Cornell last night. What did we learn? We learned a couple things about our team. 
One, we need Post and Langford back. Desperately. That's one thing we learned. Two, I, like I said previously, in the first, when we were talking about the season last podcast, when they shoot poorly from three, they're not going to be a good team. They shot 24% from three l- last night. They're not going to win games by going to the hole. They're not particularly big. And that was Ashton Langford. It took a lot of them, especially down the stretch, right? Like, just some not errant shots in terms of selection, but just overall not a very good showing from him. Yeah, I mean, like, those are some crazy shots. He was taking those fadeaways from, like, 20 feet out, and I, I did not expect him to make as many as he did. It was pretty impressive, but they could not shoot the three. I would just like to give a shout-out to uh, TJ Bickerstaff. Incredible game. Incredible game from this guy. Um, he walked away with four assists, two blocks, five steals, and ten rebounds, along with uh, 12 points. One so, of those blocks should have counted as ten blocks. Yeah, he, sent, he the moon. sent that thing all the way back. Very there. impressive block. So, question here, because I don't know as much, obviously, about basketball as you guys do. Did we, have, we don't have the player. DeMar Langford is out. Is he a shooter? Like, will he help with the three-point Huge, game? Guess, or is yeah. he, uh, Perhaps both of these guys. Both of these, Those Langford I mean, brothers will shoot. I mean, ball. they're just—it—it it was so obvious last night when you were watching, especially down the stretch when Cornell started to go on runs. You know, every time you play an Ivy League school, I notice, especially in the NCAA tournament, is a lot of times teams will struggle because they are always great three-point shooting teams because usually the guys aren't very big, right? So if eventually Cornell was going to make their run, and they did, the problem was we couldn't fight back. Right, and especially because we couldn't break away early. And what happened was we started playing a little too much hero ball, a little too much isolation. That's when you started to get those fadeaway threes that Timmy was talking about, you know. So that really that was why the game was close, essentially. But we got to thank two guys not on BC for the win yesterday. Number one, Chris Mannon. He really helped us out. Thank you, Chris. Could not focus on the game, too focused on the fans. And number two, Guy Raglan Jr. That dude was chucking up threes, and he could not make one to save his life. And it was awesome. <laughs> he was shooting bricks. But talking about someone who did not shoot bricks was the man they call the prince, who was the king of the heights last night, to steal a little call there. Prince Aligbe with the shot, I mean, of the season, at least so far, for sure, in the first game. But a huge, huge game for the freshman in his first career game for BC. I would, I would almost go as far as almost saying that that shot saved their season. In a way, because I talked about this in the first episode, which is that when you lose, losing those first six games you play is so detrimental to your chances of making the tournament. You lose that first game, especially you lose that first game. To Cornell. To Cornell. To the Big Red. Which is Ivy League school. You lose that game, a game you're supposed to win. Not by a lot. The spread was eight and a half, right? They, so they, because everyone knew that our big players went there. But you lose that game. That goes. That's a big mark on your resume. And now you're zero and one. Now you're feeling sluggish. You don't feel like you are a team that can win, especially close games. A team that can execute down the stretch. We know they know they can do that now, and I think that's really important going forward. Yeah, if they don't win that game, they're one of the last four teams in, last four teams out, and they look at that loss on the resume and they're like, this team does not belong. But that win did save their season, I agree. Early, without a doubt, and just looking at the games ahead, they have Detroit Mercy on Friday. Has anyone even heard, like, who's even heard of that? Like, uh, that is a fake school. Detroit Mercy, I've heard of it. Um, I'm pretty sure they made that school up. Well, this is a guy. free win, and I am ecstatic about it. 
Be there, be loud, pack out Conti. What time? Oh, weren't you telling me you were uh, Detroit Mercy's biggest fan earlier? I thought that's what it was. Uh, I would never say that. Uh, Detroit Mercy, that's not a real school, like I've said before. I'm convinced that they're going to come out there with a bunch of fifth graders, and uh, I think that Prince is going to go for 30. You might, you might see Nick on the floor for Detroit Mercy. That's how, that's how no. bad I might get. First of all, listen, if you want to see real basketball, come uh, 9 p.m. to the rec center. My rec league playing. Listen. Intermural, what, competitive? What, what division you guys in? We're in the competitive league. Did we lose by 40 last game? Yes. Did we have more heart than the other team? Yes. And that's what it's all about. That's what hey, all I just about. want to say real quick, two Hall of Famers went to Detroit Mercy. Dave DeBusher and Spencer Haywood. Never Granted, heard, they played in the 1960s. Never heard of those guys. You've never heard of those guys? No, no, I have not. They're like, who is Dave DeBusher and who? Spencer Haywood. So Dave DeBusher, no, I know what like Dave DeBusher was on both of the Knicks championships teams. All, all 75 teams. Yeah, man knows and his history. Spencer Haywood was a really good player for the Supersonics and was on the Lakers for a little bit at the end of his career. So just as a final point to wrap up, we had some really good uh, forward play, but um, going forward, if we can get uh, Makai a little bit more involved as, long, as well as Jaden Zachary, I think I think we got... We got a good team this year. Good. I think it looks pretty good, especially. And we don't even have Demar or Quinton. Exactly. Quinton Post back, so. In hidden threes in the rec center, Quinton Post, he's getting that active, and he's in a boot right now, but he's going to get back. So that's it for our flyby for this week. So without further ado, let's get buzzing right into North Carolina State. We already touched on this game a little bit. BC leads the all-time series ten to eight, although we know how that stat is usually played into our not well exactly. Last time NC State won was last year. They trounced BC thirty-three to seven. BC won in two thousand nineteen though, forty-five to twenty-four. And looking at obviously for NC State, they're a very complete team. They beat Wake by nine. Wait, that's Wake, sorry. And they their only two losses, Syracuse and Clemson. So two pretty solid teams. And however, they have underperformed on preseason expectations. I want to say one thing. Uh, that Clemson game, they only lost by nine. That's a top 10 team in the country, and they it was not a far-off game. They gave them a run for their money. All right, so I'll lead us into some stats here before the game for NC State. Um, obviously, we've discussed it already. They lost their first quarterback, Devin Leary. Um, this team's a heavy passing team, which obviously it, it took a big hit when they lost their quarterback. They have j- nearly double the amount of receiving yards to do rushing yards, so taking a hit, losing your quarterback – as I've said now a lot, is bad. Um, they have missed one field goal all year, which is something that's BC crazy. Hasn't no, we're had. very jealous of that. We're so very jealous of that. If yeah, if they get in field goal and range, team, jealous of that. If they get in the field goal range, expect to be missed. They have not missed an extra point either, which is something I noticed clearly. So I don't know if you guys want to do this, but we we would like to formally challenge BC's kicker to a kickoff. Um, <laughs> who do we have? Who do we have that would be a better kicker than than Connor Lighton? Uh, I think that I'm going to be hitting a couple more field goals than he is. I think I can go if he was five for ten at one point. I think I can go five for ten on field yeah, goals. You're a rugby guy, and there is kicking involved in that apparently. So we will we will get into that. No, that that Clemson loss was by ten though. It doesn't really matter, but I thought I'd let you know. The guy to look out for for me in this game on NC State, MJ Morris, their backup quarterback. He has given the team the spark it is needed with a defense that allows 17.8 points per game, good for the best in the conference. They take MJ takes care of the ball very, very well. And while he is catching up to Devin Leary 
for the yards lead. He has really made his impact throwing the football in the red zone. So look for that against BC. Look for a crushing secondary performance with those guys that they have back there. And maybe, guys, a potential for two QBs as they have Jack Chambers and Morris on there. What what do we? Th- I mean, if we saw two QBs, how do you think we would respond to that? I got one question. The spread is nineteen and a half. Easily covers. Easily covers. Easily. Morehead's going to put off an offensive. Even even with two quarterbacks, are going to cover nineteen? I don't think they do. I think I think that BC. I think BC's got them here. I think I think nineteen and a half is too high. I'm not going to lie to you. I got confidence in Morehead. You ever hear the saying about two quarterbacks? Well, what do they say, man? So no. Now, um, I believe John Madden once said that uh, a team that has two quarterbacks has no quarterbacks. Well, so. there you go. NC State, I would not go there. Keys for BC, guys? Well, what uh, we, if you're not go there. I would like to say that in the bedroom, they do say two is better than one, so. That's getting, that's getting good. I don't feel like you're in the yeah, bedroom much. Chill out a little bit, yeah. <laughs> We're going to move on. We're going to move on to talking about... <laughs> Okay, I can't. Talk about what? Let's move into some trivia. We had a question submitted with a request for Timmy to answer it. He he's Grant from Newton. Thank you for submitting, but he said specifically that he wanted Timmy to answer it. Timmy, how do you feel about this? Um, well, I hate to be that guy. I don't know a Grant from Newton, so maybe that goes to BC. Uh, we don't we don't know. Grant, if you wanna identify yourself, you don't have to. I think this is the Grant in your dorm and he is from the town of Newton. Well that's yeah, I thought you were talking about Newton campus. Grant in my dorm, I do know Grant in my dorm. I be- I believe I'm gonna go and say it is that Grant. Well whatever Grant it is, Timmy, do you wanna hear the question? I would love to hear the question. So it's a two parter for you. What conference was BC in before the ACC and when did they move to that conference? That's what Grant wants to know. Okay, well, I'm pretty sure they were in the Big East before. I'm pretty sure. You have the year, though. And the year? Um, here, let me think about this. I believe in you. Um, I want to say early 2000s. I'm not, I'm not going to look at Nick. I feel like Nick's helping me a little bit. It's either late 90s or early 2000s. I'm going to go 02. You are very close. It is the Big East, and it's 2003. Oh. 2003. Nick was correct on the first try. Wow. So, Grant, if you, if you would like to, to call, say it right now, you want I, to call him out at the moment. I mean, Nick, hey, Nick, Nick is, wants the smoke. You, Nick wants you. the smoke. Listen to the rugby podcast. Also, know I got that trivia right. So, That's I'm true. feeling myself true. today, boys. Um. On July 21st, 2005, Boston College moved from the Big East to the Atlantic Coastal Conference. This is the answer that was submitted to me. So, I'm going to trust our people at Google. Well, there you have it, Timmy. You were still Google wrong. are known liars. I don't care if I was wrong. I'm shocked that I was that close. Yes. You might have announced in 2003 and transitioned out. So, I think that's, what, see, that's why I got I it I think wrong. we're going to accept both answers. We're going to accept both answers. Thank you. Grant, we have another trivia question. Yeah, second one, sent in by my dad. Going to be honest, I knew this. Thank you, Dr. Shafroff. I don't think any of you are really going to know it. Uh, It's a pretty straightforward question here. Another hockey one, unfortunately, for everyone. Because my dad loves hockey. But Paul, Paul probably, I think has a pretty good shot. Um, Which BC alum has the most points in NHL history? Well, in their NHL career. You get what I'm saying. 
And if you want a hint, I'll give you a hint. Give me, yeah, give me the hint. All right. Cause... So this player played for three main teams, basically St. Louis, Calgary, and Pitt, and won a Hart Trophy when he was in Calgary. Is that, is that Alex Ovechkin? I believe was a BC alum, or is that Wayne Gretzky? I'm thinking Patrice Bergeron. Say, pretty famous player too. I will say. Phil Djokovic. No, I'm actually not. Not we know sure. Phil can't score. Give a guess, Paul. Give your best. What teams do you, you say? Want? Calgary. Calgary. Saint Calgary Louis is Johnny Canada. Hockey. Is it Johnny Hockey? Do you want? Do you want like a? I'll give you four options. You pick. Yeah, that'll that'll work. Okay. Uh, a Brian Leach. B Johnny Gaudreau. C Craig Janney. Or D Joe Mullen. Give me the teams again. Quick. 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 You're giving me the teams. Final answer. It is Joe Mullen. Paul Kultovich oh, did get the question correct. That's a little bit. We got we got a little bit. That's all it took. He had he was just over a point per game with uh 1,063 points and 1,062 games. So Again, again, Dr. Shafroff, thank you for your questions. And, and we will go into game picks on that note. But let's do some records because we have someone that wants to say something. I don't want to do records, please. Yeah, Jackson doesn't want to do records. Timmy doesn't want to do records. I'm fine with it. But Jimmy. <laughs> I would love to do records. We'll I need be, to get my record better. We'll be very happy with the results of this week. Jimmy, do you want to know what you did this week? I would like to know how I did. I would like to know. Because you were 5-0 and in picking games this week. The first undefeated picks for us on the bus. Let's, let's go. Yeah, let's, let's. Thank he you, Paul. Notre Dame. He picked no Notre Dame. Not, no respect for that. But, Jimmy, good but job. Good for you. I'm, I'm proud of you. Job's not finished. He's ready. He's ready to make some more picks. He's ready to make some more picks. That puts Jimmy at 13-8. and eight, Puts me at 12-8 and eight in second. Puts Jackson at 9-10 and 10 after a... Uh, I believe pretty four crappy four, week. Four and six week from Jackson, and then Timmy's in last at eight and nine. Timmy, how do you look to bounce back this week? By picking the games right, that would help. Going, going, we're going right into the ACC. Wake Forest going down to Chapel Hill to take on the fifteenth ranked Tar Heels at seven thirty. And this game is really an anomaly, guys, because UNC and Wake have the first and second ranked offenses. And they also have the second and second or last and second to last defenses. So expecting a shootout in this one, I'm going, of course, with UNC because again, Drake May is him. Um, I will also go UNC. I don't have much to say, but go heels. Jay, where's the game at? It is in North Carolina. Well, maybe the Tar Heels then. He will be fed the Tar Heels. Uh. Well- I'll take UNC, but what's the spread here? Minus three and a half in favor of Wake. In favor? Wake is favored by three. Yes, this, this is a big... <sighs> Wake is favored after the loss to North Carolina. I, I'm still going to take UNC. I mean, I, Wake Forest has won uh, four, uh, three of the last four. Um, but still, with that being said... Or uh, is that... No, I'm wrong. My bad. UNC's won three of the last four. I'll take yeah, UNC. But they struggle, they struggle to... Of course, stop. Big high-scoring game last, exactly. last year, if I do remember correctly, and the year before. So, you would see. Moving into the Knowles, going into the Loud House in Syracuse. They're ranked, the Knowles, Florida State's ranked 25th now and favored by 6.5 in this game, Timmy. Who do you like? I like that Florida State's ranked, and I like that Syracuse is unranked. Go Seminoles. 
Jackson. I'll be going against Q's here for the first time this year. I'm going to have to take FSU. You're welcome, Pac Wilty. Just a better overall team. So, Yeah, so, again, faded Syracuse last week. Worked out again. Might as well go for four, right? Give me here's, the nose. As I make my pick here, I have picked Syracuse to win in each of the last three games. They have lost each yeah, of the last three games. Since this podcast has started, I realize it's on the bus on my way here. Just have to take a bus on the moon. Uh, Syracuse has lost every game. They were undefeated before this podcast. They're now defeated since we've started. And that's probably because I'm picking them. But you know what I'm going to say? Old habits die hard. Give me the orange. If the Loud House brings the energy. Spread? Question mark? Spread six and a half. Die hard? I fucking love that Christmas movie, bro. Mm -hmm. Great Christmas movie. That's it for our ACC games. We'll keep it nice and short for you. Moving into the fourth-ranked TCU Horned Frogs. Going in to Austin, Texas, to take on Quinn Ewers and company. TCU ranked fourth in the CFP. Noah? I have made picks today, and I'm ready to come in here strong. Quinn Ewers is going to beat Texas Christian University. I promise that. Texas is undefeated when he plays, and that's not going to change this weekend. I'm saying it right now. TCU is not only going to win this game, but they're going to move into third in the country when they win this game. This is a tough one for me. I mean, both very good games, both very good teams. Um, I will probably take. I'm going to take TCU here. Texas has a spread in their favor. I like what TCU's done all year. It's an uncomfortable game again since it's at Texas. I think that's. I think that's an issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, I will say TCU to cover just so I can get the credit point there in the record. So. Texas Christian University cover. I'm picking Texas. Oh, no, excuse me. TCU. I will never pick Texas. Max Dugan's going to have a game. We'll never pick Texas. Horns never. down. Roll Tide. Boomer Sooner. Horns down, baby. Alabama at Ole Miss. They lost last... The uh, Tide lost last week and are looking to not lose two in a row. I don't think they will. Nick, what do you think about this? Listen, I get to make maybe one pick a week now because I'm very bad at them. And let me tell you something. Nicholas Saban, he's already bought the home in Florida. The retirement home, he's already paid for it. Oh, no. Be very careful here. Rebels by a million. Oh, we got it. At home? At home? Free money. I think Coach Saban had a couple of 3, maybe 4 a.m. conditioning for this week from that loss. So... I don't think there's any way Alabama loses this game. Yeah, Bama's, Bama's got uh, some demon energy in them. I don't think they're going to lose this game. I still, I, I'll take them to cover, too. I mean, I think Bama will blow the doors off. The few, former ninth-ranked Ole Miss that are now unranked. But, <laughs> yeah. Go back. Tell me, final word. Mr. Petralia made a big, big statement by saying that Ole Miss would win this game. And I completely agree with that statement. Lane Kiffin is going to win this game for the Ole Miss Rebels. I would say. I would say you're so handsome and so smart. Well, that's not all you said the last time, though. I That got bleeped, so no one knows what I said. Thank you. Thanks, cutie. What happened to the football field the other day, Paul? It made up. Ooh, that was... What Ooh. happened to the football field? <laughs> what did happen? What happened to the football there? field? What? I, I don't know. What are we talking about? The football field. security footage. For, refer- for reference, no. For reference, we all played football against each other at alumni. So Jimmy's oh, gonna I, tell us I, how that. Went. I think he had. 
I think it was four touchdowns on you. Oh, 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 we're dunked on. That's oh, Quattro and Spray. They were all um, by me. Um, I, I on your head top, the kids would say that. I remember, like, the ball was up, and you were like, oh, I have it. And then I grabbed it over your head. 50,000 really people cool. that watch it live also remember it. Yeah, I, I just don't 50, remember this happening. Yeah, don't worry, this will probably get cut out of the podcast. That's how much the one I asked? What is it, like 50,000? I, I don't know. I think like five 40, people come yeah, 44. Close, close enough. Our closest national game of the week, though, coming up. Maryland, the Terps, go into Happy Valley, take on Penn State, and old boy Sean Clifford. I think the Terps cover the spread with big games from Talia Tagovailoa. Yes, I said that right. And Rakeem Jarrett. Timmy, who do you like in this one? This isn't going to be close. Penn State's going to smoke them. Yeah, the Nittany Lions, please. I thank you. You're welcome. Jason. Penn State, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how to like even defend Maryland here. What Maryland players have made it to the NFL other than Diggs? Diggs, Stephon Diggs, DJ Moore. DJ Moore went to Maryland. Yeah. Okay. I will say there's a former Tour Town winner, which is the MVP for NCAA lacrosse, uh, who's now in the NFL, who went to Maryland. And what's that guy's name? Uh, Logan. Is it? Is it Logan? Uh, he's now on the Falcons. No, Falcons. it's not Logan. Oh, that was last year's. Hold on. Hold on. No, this is actually embarrassing. He was actually like, he's actually sick. No, we well, know who on. it is. It's Jared Bernard. Yeah, yeah Jared there we go. Okay, they got sorry, it. They got it, bit. guys. They got it. Yeah, big dude. Very, very big dude. But he's not, a, but you're he's not also a very good lacrosse player. Yeah. But you're not I mean, picking this team. No, I'm not picking Maryland. No, I'm not. You would need Diggs, Bernhardt, and DJ Moore to win this game. So. Didn't Vernon Davis go to Maryland? That's right. You keep naming. Okay, and Davis. Although you don't probably don't want Vernon Davis right now, though. He's like, okay, no Vernon Davis. <laughs> that that <laughs> that will do it for us here on the Buzz on a historic night of our show. First interview, first guess. He's all right. First interview, and we will be back next week as BC football wraps up their season. And I guess thanks for listening. And go rugby. I am Rum. Woo.